Welcome to the Bay Bunny Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, aka Ashley Chubby Bunny, and I'm here to take you on a journey of exploration and pleasure. Whether you're looking to spice up your sex life, explore new kinks and fetishes, stumble upon what's going on in the world of cannabis, or dish on some current events, I've got you covered. From interviews with industry leaders and friends to steamy stories and everything in between, this podcast is your 10 gentle brain scratch that hits the spot. So grind, roll, and or pack your bowl, get cozy, and let's get started. Hey, welcome back. You did it. Awesome. I'm here too, so that's that's pretty great. Um, thank you so much for tuning back in and to all the people who have listened to the past episodes. I've been really getting a lot of traction on that and getting some great feedback. So thank you so much because I'm like really pumped to like kind of like keep this going because I do want to be consistent and I feel that this is a great kind of like accountability ah, accountability tool for me so I can kind of like you know what because what, what am I doing like talking into a mic like come on now um but yeah the editing and all the other stuff like I forgot how obsessive I can be about it but it's really cool to hear the finished product and it's also really cool to hear how you guys feel about it so thank you so much I'm like really pumped um, but this, this episode, I want to get into something that I am consistently talking about that I am always advocating for that I am willing to tell anybody who has, you know, a spare moment to, to give me. Um, and that is lube. Um, if you're not aware, um, lube, intimacy lube, whatever you want to call it. Um, that is something that although we have made strides within the sex positivity sphere, there seems to kind of be this push and pull as to how people feel about lube. And also, which is more interesting, is how people feel about what lube (laughs) means about them. If that makes any sense. So I want to start this off by, you know, also we're going to go through, um, you know, some advice, some tips as to if you are interested in lube, um, you know, kind of that process of making the best decision for you and your partner when it comes to what kind of lube you choose, um, But also I'm going to be sharing like some personal anecdotes and stuff as well throughout the process because there are people that still um, have this very complicated relationship with lube. So let's get started. So we all know that choosing the right lube can make all the difference in your sexual experiences. So that's why what we're about to go over right now is so important to take into consideration when choosing, you know, the best one for you. First, we're going to consider your needs because different types of lube are designed for different purposes. Water-based lube is the most versatile and can be used for the most sex, most types of sexual activities. Silicone-based lube is great for shower sex and other water-based activities, while oil-based lube can be used for massage and other non-latex activities. If you have sensitive skin or allergies, be sure to choose a lube that is hypoallergenic and free of fragrances and other irritants. Now, water-based lubricant is the most versatile and can be used for the most types of sexual activities, but it depends. So 
My favorite water-based lube is the, um, it's from Pure and it is, it's for her. So I forgot what it was called, but it feels the most natural to me, which a lot of water-based lubes kind of, that's supposed to be a benefit of it, but sometimes it's not. Um, because sometimes if it is water-based, um, due to friction, heat, um, even like sometimes hair, other determining factors, like the position you're in, like how much skin to skin contacts going on. Some of them can dry out pretty quickly. And so for the longest time, I really hated water-based lube because like some of them, if they do dry out quickly, can leave a film, which kind of feels kind of icky. Some of them, like you can feel it as it's kind of wearing thin, um, which also once the lube wears thin, um, the condom is a little bit more susceptible to, you know, to breaking. Which, so that's, I've had like a very tumultuous relationship with water-based lube. Um, Sometimes I feel it's best to use it with toys because um, with toys, like that's something that I'd be like, okay, I feel more comfortable reapplying like, you know, lube to because whether or not I'm switching activities, like it just makes the most sense to me. But um, yeah, the one that I like kind of like the most is the pure lube. And it says for her, but like, Honestly, it's unisex and it feels the most natural of water-based lube that I felt. And also it doesn't dry out. Um, So it's just like also a little can go a long way, but I like to use like a little bit extra just in case. I like it, you know, so I like getting slippery. So um, yeah, so that's kind of with that silicone-based lube, like, you know, we stated before, can be great for shower sex and other water-based activities because the silicone isn't going to break down as fast. So say, for instance, you want to have sex like in, you know, the shower or like, you know, in the pool or wherever, like silicone-based lube is going to um, act, uh, you know, act against, you know, the different uh environments of water so it's not going to dry out as fast also silicone based lube is perfect for anal which is why people tend to use it a lot for anal because it doesn't dry out um it maintains its texture for quite a while um and also it is a lot slippier like slip more okay a lot more slippery than water-based lube um so that's kind of why people tend to uh utilize that for a little bit more um uh how do you say um (laughs) um endurance based activities there you go that's a good way to think about it silicone is going to go the distance so it's something that's being used more specifically for endurance based activities with um oil-based lube i know with like oil-based lube it's it's a toss-up some people like coconut oil lube sometimes you say it feels better like on their skin um but i've for the most part, have always heard that any kind of like oil can break down a condom. So I try not to use like any kind of like, you know, oil-based lubes when it comes to that. Like no like shea butter, no cocoa butter, no Vaseline, no like, you know, none of that stuff for that. Um, But the oil-based lube for like massage and stuff, I've definitely used that. Um, It's great because it's not like, you know, where you're lotioning or moisturizing somebody. It's like actively... Um, you know, moving with the motion of the massage. So it's not something that's going to like necessarily like run out that much. If anything, it might be a little bit hard to, you know, rub it in, but it is creating um, a sensation where you're able to glide over um, the person's um, body utilizing the the oil-based lube. So it's like perfect 
um, you know, for massage and other non-latex activities. Because like I said, the oil can break down the latex, unfortunately. Um, so if you're like kind of like stumped and you're like, OK, so then like I've heard these things, you know, what what how would I know what all of this means? Um, you know, like everybody else would do you would read the label so and not like a like a bitchy way but like you would look for a lube that is labeled as safe for use with latex condoms and other sex toys because that's very important because also some sex toys can be porous and the and the um the lube can kind of like either break down the toy or cause damage in some way or you know trap bacteria so you kind of want to also be prepared to like of course read the labels when it comes to um, if the how the lube can be used or what's the safest way to use it. Um, some of the types of lube can damage. See, like I just <laughs> damage or degrade latex. So it's important to choose one that's compatible if you plan on using condoms or toys. Also pay attention to the ingredients and avoid any products that contain glycerin or parabens, which cause irritation and other issues. One of the main things that like some people... Um, have to like keep in mind our allergic reactions. So before you buy, like before you actually buy the condom, make sure that like you have a chance to like try it. So I'm sorry, the lube. So you try it. So if possible, you can try a small amount of lube on your skin before using it during sex. This can help you determine if you have any allergic reactions or sensitivities to the product. There's a lot of people that do tend to have um specific kind of allergies that can make this process a little bit more challenging but not necessarily impossible it is just a matter of like you doing your research reading the label asking questions when you go to the store if you go to like um an adult toy store or something definitely the people that work there will have a better handle on it than you just roll it up into like a cvs or whatever but if you just prefer to do the um the research you know you know, dolo, it's fine. Um, but just make sure that if you are somebody that might have like a much higher sensitivity to different kinds of, um, I guess, like skin thing, like skincare things, like definitely take that into consideration when you're trying to figure out which lube would work best for you. And also have that conversation with your partner or partners about what lube works best for them because they might have an allergy and not know it either. So it's just like you don't want to get in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's, yeah, you just, it's, it pays, you know, to prepare before. And I feel like people kind of think that the spontaneity in sex is what makes it, you know, that's where the passion comes from and it's in the moment, which is fine and I get it, but it's just like sometimes like you don't want to get in the middle of some shit and then like, you know, this happens. So make sure you're reading the label, make sure you're doing your research and make sure you're asking the questions and having the conversations that you need to before you choose the best lube that's right for you. Also consider the texture. I talked about the texture before when we were like kind of getting into it, but it says lubes come in a variety of textures, including thin and watery, thick and creamy, and everything in between. Think about the type of sensation you want to experience and choose a lube with the texture that matches your preferences. So when I talk about like the textures of the lube, um, I think that's very important because also how the lube breaks down during the process or how it how it um, uses, how it spreads can add to the overall um, sensation of either penetration or um, any kind of like massage. So like when it, the reason why I like, again, I don't really like a lot of watery 
or water-based lubricant is because it can be thin and um, watery. And so, like, you'll have, like, a couple of seconds of, like, ooh-la-la, and then it'll just dry off. Um, Especially because, like, if you use it with condoms and stuff, which it kind of gets on my nerves, too. So, like, with the condoms, if you do get, like, a pre-lubricated one, that lubrication obviously doesn't last the whole time. It barely gets past the first couple of seconds. So I like to add lube to the condom. But depending on what kind of water-based lube it is, it kind of adds to the overall, like, okay, I guess this is just going to dry out and break the condom. And that's what they mean by, like, thin and watery. It doesn't... But I feel like Pure has kind of, like, hit a really good balance because it feels thin and watery, but also it feels like a more of like a natural arousal. So like it's almost silky in a way, but not too silky, but it is thin and moves a little bit more freely as opposed to like an unbound. They have a jelly and it feels a little bit more like, I mean, they have a jelly and they also have one that like, I think might be a jelly, but it has like menthol in it. And I forgot what the name of that is, but like that texture adds to the overall, like what we're doing. I would more specifically add that jelly to like a toy than anything. Um, But if not, I would add like a smaller amount to the genitals or like to a condom before something, you know, for something goes down. Um, If it's like, say for instance, like with the oil based uh, lube, it's going to feel a little bit more like, you know, like baby oil. It's going to feel like, and even depending on that, because sometimes you can tell with the quality, if it's thick or thin, like you don't want, just think about that being on a condom, right? Think about that being like, and you're like asshole or like, you know, somewhere else inside of you. Like you have to be a specific kind of person for that to do it with you. And then also like, if you're like somebody that's like, you know, having, you know, raw sex, like it's fine because like that could be your lubricant or whatever. Um, but just like in terms of like anything that has to do with like any kind of latex, um, situation, that's definitely going to be break. That's going to break that down a little more, but you're going to get like a different kind of texture with that. And it may or may not dry out depending on what kind of oil based lubricant it is. But, um, it all depends, I think on quality and what specific brand it is. Cause much like the other that I've like mentioned, like it depends also with the silicone based lube that's going to feel a little bit more like it's going to be like kind of thick, but kind of free flowing, flowing and loose like Astroglide. So it's not going to be like sticky. None of the lube is actually like super, like it's not sticky, but it's going to feel a little bit more glidey, but not as like free flowing as oil because that is used to like, you know, keep things going where it's supposed to go. So like, think about like, Hmm. I can't really think of anything other than Astroglide. Like, that's kind of like, you know, it's meant to keep things, like, freely passing in and out or through. And so that's kind of where that texture comes from. So it's just, like, all depending on, like, what kind of, you know, sensation you also want to feel during, you know, play, um, whether it be, like, with a person or with your toys or what have you. Um, so it's also important to like, think about that for yourself when you are looking for, um, a lube to like utilize and make sure like you ask for recommendations. If you're not sure where to start, ask your healthcare provider, sex educator, or friends or rec 
or friends for recommendations. They may have personal experience with different types of lube and can help you steer you in the right direction. Remember, the best lube for you is the one that feels the most comfortable and enjoyable during sexual activities. Don't be afraid to try different products until you find the one that works best for you and your partner. Which is true. I feel like this is the part that I kind of want to utilize to get to like the other part of the situation. So like when it comes to picking the lube that's best for you, I feel like asking for recommendations, but also having a conversation and asking the questions and trying to figure out what's going on is is helpful because there seems to be like this kind of like backwards ass approach to lube. It's seen as a essential failing um, a lack of desirability, a lack of um, physical arousal, a lack of, you know, your body working the way it's supposed to or a lack of attraction. Um, and it's something that a lot of people I've noticed, like, internalize whether or not, like, they truly, like, I don't know. It's just like, so, like, when it came to, like, me working with like people at the Museum of Sex, I noticed that's when I like it picked back up because I was like in my little bubble or whatever, you know, talking about lube or whatever. But like even in the sex positivity community, there's some people that, you know, it's not always sex positive, but like you have heard like and you do have an understanding of like if people need lube, it's like, oh, that's embarrassing or oh, like that's weird. And my earliest like introduction to, oh, there might be something possibly wrong was super bad when, uh, What's his name? That's not... No, 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 no. Um, What's his name? I'm forgetting his name completely. But when Homeboy was like... uh, It was Michael Sarah's character. And he had brought Lou because he wanted to have uh, sex with this girl at some party. And uh, Jonah Hill's character was like being weird about it and telling him. It was like, oh, like, ooh, I brought Lou. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And then he said something to the effect of, like, she's 18 years old. Like, she's good to go. Like, this, like, assumption that, you know, if you're a woman, um, the younger you are, obviously, you're supposed to be, you know, aroused at all times. But, like, if you are in, like, trying to be sexually active or, like, be with other people, like, you should have this, like, you know, your libido, how your body responds to, like, arousal and pleasure should be in this very... um this very, I don't want to say performative because it can get a little bit like dicey when trying to say things are performative, but like this very like physical way. It's supposed to like be this very like, oh, like this representation of like lust overflowing outside of like this very sacred orifice that it's supposed to, you know, shit like that. It's just, it's all of these things wrapped up at once and people kind of don't want to admit it, but there's a lot of stock. <laughs> people are putting a lot of like stock in that claim of like, my pussy does what it's supposed to do and all of these other things. Our value is based on how like it's supposed to like work and function, but also more specifically how it's supposed to work and function for like somebody else. And in a lot of cases, because we've grown up in a cis heteronormative society, how it's supposed to work and function for, you know, a penis, a cis het man. And so that's something that we've all kind of like internalized because when I was working at the Museum of Sex, it kind of came back up um where we were supposed to like we had little bottles of lube up at the counter there's like import like you know impulse purchases next to the lighters and like stuff like that and even when people came inside the store there was kind of like this like there's nothing wrong with me vibe going on even if you asked if they needed help with something if you let them know what was going on it was kind of this like defensive like there's nothing wrong with me 
my dick works. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that. You know, like, and sometimes they would say it very, like, very defensively. Sometimes they would say it very jokingly. Um, but at the same time, when they would get to the counter and I would try to, like, you know, upsell the um, impulse lube, it was just kind of this very defensive, very, like, I don't need that. My man got it. He know what he doing. I don't need that. It was like from so many different kinds of people. Like, oh, I don't need that. And people like just scoffing at the idea that this woman that literally works inside of like a gift shop that sells all kinds of like, you know, sexual toys and products. How dare she insinuate that I need lube, right? Even though like you've probably just bought a toy and you would have needed the lube anyway or you just came in here and you bought something else like a t- like a shirt like like it's my personal belief that you really can't have too much lube and if it's like a little tiny bottle like i carry little tiny bottles of lube little tiny like packets of lube like quite a bit so it's just kind of like weird to me when people are like personally offended but it it kind of like i can understand that it might feel like some kind of like physical failing on their part because I had a woman come up and um, at the store, we sell like those like sexual enhancement, like pills, like the put the pink pussycat pills. And then also like horny goat shit, like for like the little lion pills or whatever, uh, 24 karat gold, whatever the fuck. And every time people come in there to buy it, they like slide it across the fucking counter. Like it's like a, like a drug deal. Like they're ashamed. Like even like the men that come in there and buy the overpriced condoms, which I'm just like, I don't understand why you couldn't just go to Dwayne Reed and do this because you don't even want a bag. So like, what is going on? So like, it's just like, I don't know. They were also like ashamed to carry the bag because even though it was black on black where it said Museum of Sex, you wouldn't be able to see that unless you were up that close to the bag. It looks like just a black bag from afar. But I digress. Like the loop thing, just like, I don't know. So like, instead of like looking at the problem, like as to what's going on, people were like very quick to find solutions and the solutions come in the form of like these like sexual enhancement pills honey packets, gas station, um, AIDS, like things like that. And I remember this one couple came in and they were like shopping for, they wanted to like, they were looking at them and I gave them an honest opinion about like how to utilize the um, pink pussycat pill. And then like the girl asked me, cause I was just like, I kind of just let them know, like if you don't need it, you don't need it. But if you want to have like a, something a little bit extra special, you know, for like a weekend or like on a vacation or what have you, I would definitely do that. And then like they let she let me know that her boyfriend was in town for the weekend. And I was like, oh, definitely get it then. And they were all excited because I explained to them what happened, you know, and it, what would happen. And they were excited because I was like, oh, this is a special occasion, like, you know, pill. But a lot of people think that you need to take that all the time. And there is all this like stuff where like, oh, you have to put this inside your vagina to make it tighter or you have to do this to make it taste like like fucking a uh, cake batter or you got to all of these things to like make it more presentable for like a fucking like cishet man ultimately even though it's not probably like sometimes it's not for that it's just like what is all these fucking notions of like what a vagina should look like smell like taste like and feel like why is it like everything but what it's supposed to like you know exist as it's really strange but basically the woman came up to the um to the counter and she had a pink pussycat pill this other woman she's a little bit older and um i usually ask the questions that i need to when i'm checking people out like if they've used it before because then we have to let them know make sure you drink a lot of water um you know pay attention to the the warnings and instructions on the back 
and, you know, have fun. But basically, I asked her, you know, like, have you used this before? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, just make sure that you like drink a lot of water, you know, ahead of time, you know, read the instructions on the back and have fun. And then she was like, yeah, if this doesn't work, I'm going to the doctor. And I was like, excuse me. And she was like, yeah, for some reason, like, I, it's just not happening down there. And like, I heard that these work and I was just like, what do you mean? And she was like talking about how like she can't get wet with like her, her husband. And I was just like, okay, but like, why would you need to go to the doctor? And she was like, I don't know. I feel like there's something wrong. And so like, because I didn't really have a line and like, there wasn't really anybody else in the store. I kind of had like a little mini session where I was asking her, like, why would she think like come to assume that the problem would be her if anything, she should, um, you know, have a conversation with her partner about like how to arouse her. Maybe it's a problem or an, uh, a thing about like there needs to be a little bit more foreplay. Maybe there's a thing about there needs to be a different kind of foreplay. Maybe you might be going through a lot, you know, stress. Your body might be changing. It might be a medication you're taking, something you're eating, something you're doing. But I wouldn't try to like be like, I guess I got to go to the hospital or the doctor because I'm just dry the fuck out. I would try some all these other things first. And then also, if she's in here buying this pink pussycat lube, why, I mean, like, pill, why can't she just buy lube? Now that I'm thinking about because, like, she didn't buy no lube. She wanted to buy this pill. Anyway, because this is what I'm saying. I'm, like, connecting the dots. I'm so sorry. I'm, like, sitting here thinking about this. That happened, this happened, like, a year ago. And I'm just like, yeah, like, why not just buy the lube? But anyway, even in this instance, it's like, let me take this pill. Let me ingest something that is not approved by the FDA to get it going, which honestly, the pink pussycat pill doesn't really make you wet. It just makes you aroused. And however your body reacts to that arousal, that's what happens. But like when I took the pill, it just made everything extra sensitive. So like I was having multiples and from what I assumed was going to be just me being more wet, it wasn't. It was just like, you know, me um, being like extra sensitive. So that means like it's opening up your blood vessels. It's like increasing blood flow to like, you know, obviously your arousal j- zones and your erogenous zones. And you're like literally just like one giant clitoris, <laughs> basically. So It's not like, oh, it's going to make you wet. That might help, like, with some people. But, like, it definitely, like, makes things a little bit more um, sensitive. And in some cases, because, you know, everything is engorged, it could help, you know, with increasing lubrication. But, like, that's where the water comes. You have to drink a lot of water because there's a lot of, like, the, the blood vessels are a little bit wider and like it's going throughout your body and it's easy to kind of get dehydrated, especially like if you squirt, cause like it's a lot going on, you're expelling a lot of energy. So it's just like, it's, and then of course, like if you are getting wet, like it's just, it's a lot going on. So basically I have to explain that when everybody buys the pink pussycat pill and I let the niggas just take the pill and, and you know, pray. But other than that, like that's what, that's what's happening. It's just like, we're buying pills rather than having the conversation of like, you know, what kind of lube there, you know, we want to use. Like there's even flavored lube. There's lube that helps with arousal. There's lube that has like temperature play. My favorite lube next to the pure lube is like the CBD lube from Unbound because it's like, so like I don't really, I I didn't really used to trust CBD. Like I was just like, okay, girl, I guess. Like, cause 
I'm a stoner. Like, if we're not just, if we're not getting high, I don't see the point. Like, don't I'm not trying to do all this extra shit, right? So, like, when they came out with this CBD lube, I tried, I had tried another one before it, and it didn't really work. And so I didn't really have high hopes for it. And I really don't even remember what the other lube was. That's how, like, irritated I was by it. I was just like, fuck this. But, like, when I used this one, I used it with a partner first, and... I don't really know how to describe the feeling um, other than it felt like my pussy was high. So I don't really know how to like, if you like have, hmm, when you have a body high, right? If you're like smoking, you know, something that gives you a little bit more of a body high, that's how it feels, but like more in a concentrated area. So you can feel it relaxing, but also at the same time tightening. And like when I smoke weed, I get horny and I feel like I'm like tightening up, but that's how it feels with the unbound CBD lube where it goes down there and it's like tightening up, but also relax at the same time. So it is increasing like that blood flow and stuff. So you have the added benefit of this like, um, very like interesting sensation down there, but then also like the lubrication and also it's aiding in like the natural promotion of lubrication but like the texture doesn't dry out as much it does dry some but like i wouldn't have to reapply as much it's in between i would say it's a little bit of a thicker water base but it's not too like it's not too watery if that makes any sense but i remember when i first started figuring out that it was amazing um, I was putting it in my partner's condoms. It's really well in there. They're like, holy shit. I would take it with me all the time. And then I was getting mad because I felt like I was wasting it on partners. And I remember when I like went and I was like, how much is this? I have to replace it because I'm running out. This shit like $40. And I was like, I just asked them for another one. I was like, can I have another one? And they were like, yes. And so they gave it to me. And I was just like, to this day, I don't take it with me. Like I still have it. And the bottle is still full because I'm just like, I'm not going to waste this on somebody like it's really good. And I really like, you know, I think that lube also gives us the opportunity to like opportunity to explore new things, too, because you're utilizing different kinds of lube. You're getting different kinds of sensations, different kinds of sexual, you know, positions and situations, but also also different kinds of play. And so it can be something that aids in like you know, your sexual exploration or even just some kind of validation because of the fact that it's it's there for a reason. Um, also, I've noticed this thing that when I am like sleeping with someone, if I can't really feel them, it's not necessarily like a fit issue. It can be a lubrication issue. So even if they're in there and you know and you understand like they're like going, but you're like, oh, I don't really feel anything there can be, like, a lubrication issue. And so that always, like, clears itself up when you, like, add, you know, lube to it. And I remember when I went on a date with this one guy and we had really great chemistry and it was, like, really cute or whatever. And we ended up going back to his place in Greenpoint and hooking up. And, like, I was excited because, like, I thought, you know, this is cute. I'm having a great time. But, like, when... It came time to like, you know, get things started. At first it felt great. And then I kind of didn't feel anything. And I was kind of worried. I was like, oh no, I'm going to have a burger and carry moment. This is going to fucking suck. And um, 
yeah, the first night wasn't that good. And then the second time we hung out, we were at my place. And when we started, like, you know, getting to it, I added lube and it was amazing. So I was just like, okay. And it was a very, like, a reassuring moment. And I was like, it's just, you just have to add lube. Because I didn't want it to be where we, like, had this, like, banter. And, like, this all this chemistry and shit. But, like, it was, you know, in that department, it just didn't work. But, yeah, at, like adding lube sometimes really makes a difference and so like I try to approach the conversation not from like an aggressively like you know shaming like point of view but more of an understanding one but also one of like an open mind because like honestly there really is no downside to adding lube to um your sexual play outside of an allergic reaction and even then you need to do your homework as to which one would work best for you and it doesn't really take that much i remember making um this like teacher that i like hooked up with in um where is it like like carol gardens or whatever i like sent him to that unbound not not unbound that babe land that's over there i made him walk to go get lube because he didn't have any like that i'm just like you have to go get it because like either i'm bringing it with me or like i i, I always get a lot more excited when the partner has it because i'm like oh my god he uses lube, especially when they get it and they don't have to be asked to get it. Like it's a, I, it's, there's a whole bunch of different things that go into like a sexual experience for me. And responsibility is one of those ones that really just, just hits the spot. Like it's just so, it's like, oh, you want me to have a good time. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, you have your own condoms. That's even better. What? You have your own lube? it's getting hot in here is that a toy oh my god like shit like that you know like it's really nice to be with a partner that not only understands how to have a responsible sexual experience but also that likes to actually have fun that also likes to actually like you know be a slut sluts are usually prepared and that's why i prefer them they're they're usually prepared being a slut means enjoying sex enough to be prepared and to be responsible in a slutty way. And I appreciate that. Also, sluts are not ashamed of lube. I just want to throw that out there. So, yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to talk about <laughs> with that. Because, like, I just really feel like lube, it's so, it has such a bad reputation. And, like, even when I was, like, in college and I was, like, fucking my best friend, I was, like, what, like, 19, 20 years old, fully, like, um, embarrassed when I was 21 as well like fully embarrassed so like I needed lube sometimes but it was like also like I was out of my mind at that time and I was eating terribly so of course I needed fucking lube like nothing was really I wasn't taking care of myself as a student and everything was stressing me the fuck out so it's just like there's all different kinds of like factors that go into whether or not you're being able to like naturally lubricate if you have a vagina and it's just a matter of just going through the checklist and figuring out you know what to do and in the meantime if it's like that big of a um issue or you just kind of want to like make do until you figure some stuff out like lube is always there simple as that and there's no shame in it and i really wish a lot more people you know could kind of like understand that so that the one less thing about internalizing our shame towards uh <laughs> towards ourselves sexually can kind of like you know, show its way out, show itself out, get it out of here. Okay, so I have something that I'm kind of like dealing with at the moment. I like, 
I went on a date. <laughs> I went on a date with this girl and I'm like really excited because, and I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like, like a, too much of a dork, but it was my first date um, with a woman ever, which I know, shocker, I know, I know, but the way that she approached me on Hinge and she was like, would you like some like coffee with your cake or like cake with your coffee or something like that? And the way that she, like, she was flirty and like very pleasant and very pretty. I, and then like, she's very assertive. She asked me out. Um, I really enjoyed our time together and I enjoyed, um, basically, <laughs> I like think that I'm, I'm a completely different person with women that I find attractive. It makes me like, I feel like such a dork and I feel very like I feel like I don't know how to describe it because I'm still processing the date it was you know we went to the uh, the hip-hop um exhibit at FIT at the museum and then we walked around and we like saw the different costumes and stuff it was really cool and we like chatted a bit um and then we went to the Girl New York exhibition um, opening over at the Rockefeller Center. And it was cute. We were walking through the city and talking, getting to know each other. And I brought a gift for her, but I forgot. Well, I didn't forget it. I, she opened it up. It was a prepackaged gift and it was empty. And I felt very embarrassed because I was like, oh no, there's supposed to be a clitoris necklace in here. And there wasn't. Um, and afterwards, um, like we walked around the exhibition. We got drinks. I was very attentive. We like engaged in this um this art installation of fuck mary hill and then we went we found um the ice skating center at rockefeller plaza and then like or rockefeller center or whatever see like i don't know anything about the city um and then we like chatted a bit we went to go get ice cream at carvel's and while we were sitting outside like eating ice cream and getting to know each other like we're like wiping ice cream off of each other because we're like both messy eaters and, like, just having a cute little moment with our little matching telfies, like, you know, sitting next to each other on the bench. And, like, some fuck-ass man, like, this kid comes by and he's, like, trying to, like, you know, mm, y'all ladies look good, y'all look good, y'all look good. And I was, like, trying to ignore him, but he wouldn't go away because I was, like, talking to her and trying to, like, ask her questions and he wouldn't, like, get the hint. So, like, I had to do the thing where I was, like, hey, like, sir, please not let please don't. And he's like, well, I'm just saying, I was like, I just like, sir, could you not, could you not please? Like, could you not? And I was like, sir, just please have a good evening. Could you please just go? And he was like, what? And he just kept getting closer and closer to us. And then he started walking off after he like looked at me for a long time. Like he was just so confused. And then he's walking off talking about, you're going to have a hard life ahead of you. As if I'm not literally in the middle of a date eating ice cream with this hot ass bitch that asked me out in the middle of New York. Like men are fucking delusional. And that's why they're all like trying to make their fucking single loneliness our problem and talk about some, oh, that's why you're all going to die alone. And you're going to just with your fucking cats and all this other shit. That they've been saying since the fucking 90s. And it's like, don't threaten us with a good time because chances are that's going to be the like something that's going to be welcomed. As a matter of fact, it's more y'all niggas dying alone and in fucking uh, single and lonely in the fucking nursing homes and all. All them is letting us know the tea about that. 
They be sharing all about that. It's all y'all in the fucking nursing homes alone. So let's not. We've had all these fucking like studies and researchers and, and write-ups and, and, and academic journals and all these fucking people coming up talking about how y'all being single and lonely is a detriment to public society and shit because y'all want to go and air out of fucking school anytime y'all can't get no ass because you feel misunderstood or some shit like that. You want to plan a fucking like whole entire campus-wide annihilation because some girl didn't give you the time of day because you don't know how to speak to women properly. That kind of shit. That kind of shit. But you want to sit here and try to threaten people with a lack of marriage and children as if your ass is the one that's in charge of it. And then on top of that, talking about y'all have this like agenda about like, oh, y'all be so lonely and da 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 Negro, I'm literally in the middle of a fucking date. Giggling and flirting with a bad bitch while eating ice cream on a sidewalk in the middle of Manhattan. Like, what are you talking about right now? I'm in full-on rom-com mode right now, bro. Exit your ass out of my sapphic moment. Like, that's what I'm saying. And I was, like, asking my sister. And I was like, is this what it's like? And she was like, uh, she was, like, if you're dating femmes, it's going to be both of y'all have to deal with it. And I was like, God damn it. I can't be, I can't, like, I like being a mean, like, uh, like a pretty bitch. But, like, I don't know if I could do that anytime I take a girl out. I might have to get a knife. I'm going to have to take the knife with me. <laughs> like, I might have to get, like, some bear mace or something. I can't handle that. Like, it was so rude. And the thing is, I understood that he was, like, the thing was, I was, like, thinking about it, too. I was, like, I hope he doesn't come over and talk to me because he thinks that we're friends. Like, he thinks that we're just having him, you know. It's like I'm, like, and the thing was is that I was so, I was such a dork the whole night because I was, like, this is my date. That, like, I was introducing her to everybody. This is my date. This is my date. And I was saying her name, like, I was really excited to like show her off and like introduce her to like, you know, a little slice of my world of like, oh, this is what's going on and stuff like that. And these are the people that like I associate with. And these are the kind of events that I go to and like stuff like that. When I go on like dates, especially like first dates, I like them to align with like events and like launches and stuff. Because I want people to kind of get an idea of like, if you date me, this is what's going to be like. I'm going to bring you a gift, but next time it's going to be something inside of it. Because I would have never handed her that if there was nothing in it. It was pre-packaging clothes and everything. So I was like so embarrassed that it was like empty. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So like next time we go somewhere, and that's an if. It's, it's an if because like, you know. Uh, I'm going to bring her another gift that I had as a backup plan. Because was, I was going to bring both and I was like, actually calm down. And I was like, okay. I didn't want to like, freak her out. So this is the one I was going to bring with her. The, the gift that, ah, when I brought the other gift. And I'm like really excited about that. But like, you know, like. I really, like, I walked her to a bus stop and, like, waited with her. And I was just like, you know, like, I'm, like Sonia said, I'm a gentleman, but whatever. I just, I just really love women. <laughs> and I want, I want to be nice to them. I want to take care of them. And I've, like, I just turn into, like, a puppy when I'm around them. Especially, like, because she was, like, the same height as me. She's really pretty. And I just, like, I didn't want to fawn too much, but I was just, like, really excited. I was geeked. And I feel like, you know, I hope it wasn't too weird, but it was a really nice time and it was really cute. And um, yeah, I just can't believe that a nigga found a way to like wedge himself in between yet again, another situation that had nothing to do with him. I'm on a literal date and you're talking about I'm going to have a hard life ahead of me. Meanwhile, you coming out this Carvel with a really big bag, which means you got a fucking ice cream cake in there, which might be for your damn family. 
and or your children? Why are you trying to talk to two young women in the street that obviously don't want anything to do with you? And that's the thing, because I'd be trying to ignore them at first and then they just don't stop. It goes either way. It goes in. It can go any way. But because I didn't know, like, how she would respond to that, if I just fell silent, maybe she would think it was weird. But that's usually what I do. I just stop talking. I ignore them. And they get mad and they talk to themselves or they yell at me, and then, but they eventually go away. Because, like, I can't do it. I hate speaking to men. So, like, and she told me she didn't like men and she said she was mean to them. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> that's, why, that's when I told her I used to beat them for money. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, I can feel it. I can feel the misandry. But no, it was really cute. It was really nice. I wanted to hold her hand a lot, but I'm a wait. Um, yeah, she like my face hurts right now because I'm smiling thinking about her, but still, I don't know what her. Leave me alone. Um, but I just wanted to share that because I was really excited. And one of the things that I said, especially before I took my little hiatus, is that I wanted to like do like a sex and dating check-in. And this is the first date I've been on this year and I'm really excited and that I feel like because it was happening during like the full moon and I was like, you know, I just, it just felt right. And I feel like this is like setting the tone for like, you know, I guess the rest of the year, like what kind of dating experiences I want to have. Like, I'm not really putting a lot into it. I told her it was no pressure because like, you know, we gave each other feedback at the end of the date, but it was just like, I just really liked um, hanging out with her and getting to know a little bit more about her um, because, yeah, she's really sweet. She's really pretty. And <laughs> I don't know. I want to see um, where this goes. And yeah, but I'm really excited about that. I, I don't know. I feel a little bit more challenged when I'm trying to date women and it's exciting like, I even get extra cuter with my outfit. I was like, oh, my God, I hope she thinks I look nice. I hope she thinks I'm pretty. Like, I doll the fuck up. I want, I want her to be like, oh, my God, you look like the Barbie that I never had. I was like, I know. Because <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole fantasy. And, like, I really appreciate that. Because, like, literally, like, when you are around other women and you look nice, especially if they're the right kind of women, it's a whole experience. Especially, like, with me. I feel like I'm looking at a life-size doll anytime I'm next to a woman that's completely dressed up. It's such an exciting experience. And as someone who played with Barbies until they were 13 and still, you know, owns their original, like, uh, like Winter Wonderland Sasha Bratz doll... From like 2000 and fucking like, what, like two, two, three? Like, it's a big deal to me. So <laughs> I really like, uh, I really had a good time on the date. And I'm kind of like at a point where I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out how to date women because I don't want to be like, it's obviously not going to be like when you're dating men, but that's where like my ADHD comes into play. And I know that like in the um, stories, um, the Instagram stories when somebody asked about like if they could talk about like ADHD and sex, that was something that was brought up, especially like with dating, because there can be like this sense of like understimulation and um, or like overstimulation when it comes to, like a person and it can kind of like either exacerbate or kind of like, you know, like put a halt to things when it comes to how you're interacting. And so like I really thought that would be something that it would be like a good idea to talk about. I did do like a um a survey on Twitter first to kind of see like you know if anybody had any like personal experience with ADHD and dating because 
it, there are some things that I was like trying to connect the dots with because I was like, it couldn't, it shouldn't be this hard. But I do know that like, especially when I would explain to people what my type was and like how I would get into these very tumultuous, like either sexual situations or relationships, it was always with somebody that I feel offered the right, like the right amount and the right kind of stimulation. So like, not even like just sexually, but like if we were around each other, they were like a very big personality or they talk to me in a weird way or they have like a lot of other shit going on if they're really creative or like they're like kind of off in some way. It's like something that like, you know, draws me in because it's 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 something that gets my attention, especially as someone that, you know, usually doesn't really know where to direct it when it comes to things that excite me. Um, but ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, can affect a person's sex life in various ways. Here are some ways in which ADHD can impact sexual experiences. Difficulty with focus. People with ADHD may have difficulty focusing on sexual stimuli or maintaining arousal, which can affect their ability to enjoy sexual experiences. My thing is, is that because I'm in a state of arousal, if I am there with my ADHD, I want to do as many things as possible. Or if it's like a hyperfixation kind of day, I want to do that one thing as much as possible. And I don't know if like me wanting to have multiple rounds is a part of that. But like, I feel like if we're having a good time, why stop? Like, why don't we just keep going until we pass out? You know, especially like if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be spending the night. That's why sometimes I only spend the night. Sometimes if I want to just get, I want to fuck again in the morning. Like, I'm like, let's just do this all day, all day. What else do you have to do today? Like, that's kind of like how (laughs) I feel about that. There would be times where like me and like my ex would like miss um, events or we would be late like to go hang out with our friends it's like why don't we just keep doing this why don't we just keep fucking this this is a great time like you know I'm having a great time but I know now that like that's not uh, a feasible or respectable way to navigate those situations especially when I have prior obligations so like I try to like chill on that um, I've missed like magazine launches of magazines that I've had editorials in I've missed whole entire events um, I've missed class like it's it happens um, but it's like something that I wonder if that has anything to do with my ADHD. Um, because I, while I only like recently got like the medical diagnosis, I think like at the beginning of last year or like the, mm, the end of the year prior to last year. So like the end of like 2021, that's when I got the diagnosis. And I was just like, low-key embarrassed because I was just like oh that makes so much sense and Janae kept saying oh so many things make sense now and so like the whole time I was kind of like just getting used to like being an adult that just found that out but like honestly it does make sense but I'm still finding out the way in which it affects other areas of my life as well so like I think that that might have something to do with it but like I do have to be with someone that is like super simulating when it comes to me because I want to like be engaged and I feel like even when it comes to like more subtle friends and stuff, if they have things that um, quirks about them or other things about them or like with their personality or who they are, if it's engaging in some way, like I'll stick, I'm there. And so that's kind of like why the friend group I have, they're all different, which is so funny, but like it's very much like a common theme of what kind of people um, I feel closest to and I spend the most time with. 
impulsivity. Impulsivity is a common symptom of ADHD and can manifest in sexual behavior, such as engaging in risky sexual behavior, acting on sexual urges without the thinking through the consequences or engaging in compulsive sexual behavior. Um, that is me. <laughs> but also you could say it's a trauma response. Also you could say it's a stress response. Like also you could say it's all this other shit. Like it was happening around the time when I started becoming a little bit more sex positive. I've always somebody that really likes sex, but I was just like, I don't know if that has to do with ADHD. At this point, I don't know. But I do know that like there are specific times where I feel like that could have been it. But also those were during times where I was making terrible decisions with my life because I was in a bad place. So however that shakes out, I do see that being a possibility. But the impulsivity thing, I can definitely vouch for because like literally... (laughs) The reason now why I'm not like as sexually active is because the impulsivity is gone due to the, the, the lack of safety and the many times that I've had to deal with like being like essayed and shit. So I kind of am just like, okay, so like I would like to not and the vetting has gotten heavy. And so I guess like when shit starts to happen and you don't really know what to start like focusing on even more so when you're vetting, things slow down because now you're reassessing what kind of partner works best for you and what kind of partner you feel safest with. But I can attest, I guess, to the impulsivity of um, it all when it comes to ADHD and sex. Um, hypersexuality. Some people with ADHD may experience hypersexuality, which is an intense and excessive sex drive. This can lead to difficulties with controlling sexual behavior and feeling preoccupied with sexual thoughts. Not really for me, but I do see if that is something that other people might be dealing with because it is a hyperfixation. And because sex is so stimulating and in a lot of cases can be overstimulating, that can be something that people can hyperfixate on for longer periods of time. And whether or not that's me, I kind of don't care. I don't see that as a downside. So I don't like, you know, I'm just saying this is a matter of fact. I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying. I don't have a hell to put you in. Okay. I'm just saying this is what's going on in terms of like what, how this can manifest in like sexual behavior. If you do have ADHD distraction, people with ADHD may struggle to stay focused during sexual activity, leading to difficulty experiencing pleasure or reaching orgasm. I mean, not really. Um, because if I'm engaged, I'm not, you know, I'm not distracted. I have, however, fallen asleep during sex multiple times and I'm not going to get into that, but I, I figure that that's the complete opposite of that problem. Um, but it does happen. Uh, relationship challenges. ADHD can also lead to difficulties in relationships, including sexual relationships. Symptoms such as impulsivity, forgetfulness, and poor communication skills can create challenges in intimate relationships, causing stress and impacting sexual experience. Um, that definitely is something that I notice um, because um, when I'm dealing with like cis men, they don't really like to communicate a lot over the phone, which I've noticed a pattern, but like, I usually like want to like communicate that way and but on the vice versa I'm a poor communicator (laughs) I'm a terrible like I get distracted easily um if I'm trying to think about how to respond to something I'll put the phone down and all of a sudden two or three days have gone past um one of the resolutions I gave myself this year was to be a better communicator and I'm working on it but like definitely the that kind of thing has been detrimental to relationships that I've had, especially like 
if they're sexual in nature and especially if they are platonic in nature because like the the communication thing the distraction thing is so fucking real um but it's just like because your brain is like trying to prioritize what tasks or feelings that you should be focusing on at that moment and because your brain kind of is just its own thing it's kind of like you trying to catch up to it because it's like oh you could have executive function issues or you could have a preoccupation with a uh, uh, project you were working on. You could have a hyperfixation at the moment. Like you could be completely burnt out because sometimes with ADHD, you can get burnt out. Like it's a whole bunch of different things. But for like, you know, for one reason or another, like it can be an issue to kind of keep up with communication and, um, you know, other things when it comes as it pertains to relationships. Um, when dealing with ADHD. So that can be something that greatly affects um, that as well. And it's important to understand that every individual's experience with ADHD is unique. Some people with ADHD may experience little to no impact on their sexual experiences, while others may face significant challenges. If you have concerns about how ADHD is impacting your sexual experiences or your relationship, it may be helpful to seek support from a healthcare provider or a mental health professional, which is 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 greatly um encouraged on this end if you ever like have like any kind of like questions or any kind of concerns or you need somebody to kind of like talk you through some things i am offering um many um coaching sessions one-on-one they're an hour long um at the moment i'm training to get my sex coach certification so these sessions are kind of just like beta testing at the moment to see what kind of process works best alongside my training and we've been having some great results so far. Um, I'm really excited to kind of like get things going. And um, I don't know. It feels nice to like have people tell me that these are very helpful things. And like to kind of see the vibe and the and the energy shift throughout the extent of the session. Because... Um, it's something that I've done already, especially as someone who is the friend that helps with sexual um, issues or problems or like if they have anything they want to talk about, you know, they come to me. Um, that's something that kind of like when I did step into sex positivity, I saw as a win because the more comfortable I became talking about sex, the deeper my relationships became with my friends because they felt more comfortable having me not only as a friend, but as a resource to discuss these things with. Because I've always understood that being able to matter-of-factly discuss sex um, in a non, uh, like, I guess like a non-aggressive or um, clinical or sensationalized kind of way would, like, help with, like, the intimidation of it all. So, like, it's easier to kind of, like, also let you know, what you need to say out, but also to get, like, um, advice or resources your way. Because that's how I learned in conjunction with, like, having to, like, literally fuck around and find out. I was, like, working at the dungeon and I would ask questions or I would find things out through research or I had more sexually open friends that were open to, like, talking to me about certain things. It's just kind of, like, it's it does take a little bit of work, but, like, you don't always have to, like, save that for your partner because, like we've you know listened to in the last episode and and like unfortunately on a wider scale a lot of people have a lot of like have issues communicating with their partners sometimes especially as it pertains to sex and that's something that I kind of with my sex coaching that is the ultimate goal of trying to get people 
to get to a place where they feel more comfortable sharing with their partners and kind of like validating themselves when it comes to whatever sexual things they would like to experience, explore, or anything they would like to discuss and how to like improve their sex life or to like, you know, in some way, um, you know, get it going. I feel like this is this is something that a lot of us um, are missing, especially with the overall state of like, uh, sex health education in this country and how we consume uh, sexuality and sex and, you know, how it's still viewed in our uh, puritanical society, especially the cis uh, heteronormative one. Um, so it's just kind of like, I want to be a resource for, um, you know, for people, but more specifically fat femmes, because that's what my concentration is. Um, you know, when it comes to what kind of, uh, things that you would like to discuss or work on when it comes to your sexual journey, um, especially fat black femmes, because that is a definitely needed resource as we don't really have a lot of positive represent- representation surrounding um, fat femme sexuality. If this was something I'd had um, while growing up, I truly feel that my sex life would have been a lot less traumatic. Um, but, you know, that's kind of how my journey has gone. And with every um, setback, there has been a lot of, um progression with me understanding that my relationship with sex and sexuality uh can change does change and will continue to change and it's all a matter about what works best for me what works best for my partners and also you know I go at it from like a very pleasure-based um approach of advocacy of support of <laughs> autonomy like there needs to be some sort of of conversation that is consistently happening about whether or not you want to be a part of the sexual situation, whether or not you want to have sex with this person and whether or not your needs are being met. And usually that's not something that, you know, women and femmes are taught um, to prioritize, especially because we're still not learning about sex from proper sources that aren't heavily influenced by white supremacist, you know, cis heteronormative patriarchal, um, you know, desires and, um, and principles. I was seriously thinking about like what to call it. I think cause I'm a little bit like, you know, whoop de whoop, like it might be escaping me, but like, it's, it's important because people kind of like, feel like it'll take over like you know what you're doing like you're riding a bike and because sex and intimacy is such a vulnerable thing a lot of people can kind of like be put off by opening up and like being honest and you know kind of letting their partner know this side of them and so it's kind of it's very important to understand where you are in that but also very important to understand that there is help out there and people are there to help you and coach you through it um my current services i am offering sliding scale so if you um, would like to book an appointment for your one-on-one mini sex coach session um i guess dm me on um instagram at ashleychubbybunny.com um my email address is on there as well it's ashleytribble at gmail.com um but also the link in um to 
the my site and to the calendar where you can book your appointment is at the link in the bio on my um, Instagram. So, you know, if you want to get that going, don't be a stranger. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Bud Bunny, the Bay Bunny podcast. Um, I know that there was a lot to go over, but I truly hope that this helped. And I'm really looking forward to um, this new format and getting things down and, you know, providing the best possible experience that I can when it comes to discussing these topics, because it is important to like kind of just lay them out there. And it does um, it does help a lot to you know, have this resource available. So that's why I fully believe in going for my certification and making sure that I'm able to be of service to my community and, you know, others that need, you know, that service. All right. Thank you so much. Um, enjoy the rest of yours and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.